Welcome to the Blurred Channel. Today I'm doing something a little bit different. So up until this week, I had actually never seen a Fast and Furious movie. The only one I saw was Hobbs and Shaw when it came out. And now that Fast X is only a couple of days away coming out this weekend, I decided I took this whole last week and the week before to watch the entire Fast and Furious franchise, all 10 movies, and I decided to rank them before we get the 10th technical installment in Fast 10. So I'm gonna start at the bottom of the list and move my way up. So at number 10, we have Too Fast, Too Furious. This is the second movie in the entire franchise and the only one not to feature Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto. This one is starring Paul Walker and Tyrese Gibson. They get recruited by the police and the FBI to go undercover and take down this drug ring. And you know, it's 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 okay. It's just some of the stuff was like so out there, like how he you know landed the boat at the ship at the very end. Some of it just didn't always line up and feel cohesive. And I think without Vin Diesel's character and without all the other characters, you kind of lose the family aspect. And that's literally the number one thing that this series relies on. It's street racing and then family. You didn't really get much of the family from this movie. Next at number nine, and this one's kind of almost tied with number eight. I just have it just a little bit lower, just the tiniest bit is Fast and Furious. And that's the fourth one. That comes after Tokyo Drift and it brings Paul Walker and Dominic Toretto back together trying to take down this drug lord. Now in this one, Paul Walker's actually an FBI agent. In the first one, he goes from being a cop, then he commits a federal crime, so he's on the run. So the cops recruit him in the second one. And then I guess he did a good job taking down that drug lord that the FBI decides to recruit him, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I don't feel like the FBI would recruit someone who committed a felony not that long ago and have him working on the same cases that led him to commit the felony. But it was a cool way to kind of bring everyone back together. And this movie definitely needed to happen for the other ones to land the way that they did. But I think even like Letty's death was kind of the driving force behind Dominic Toretto's character throughout the whole movie. And it was done pretty well, and I kind of thought that she was dead, but I think in hindsight, they probably wouldn't have gone that way because they realized how vital Michelle Rodriguez's character is to the entire franchise. I don't know if they were planning on going into a 10th movie when they did this one, and if they were, maybe they wouldn't have done her death. I think they just kind of wanted to put a bow on it, potentially. Not really sure. And then, of course, at the end, Paul Walker breaks the law again by breaking Dominic Toretto out of jail on a prison transport. I did like that Toretto finally had to answer for his crimes because you know at the end the judge was still like hey took down a drug lord great but you're still a criminal now the maximum sentence is kind of intense but I'm sure Toretto felt like he didn't he seemed like he was still trying to find his family like they were all kind of gone and scattered he hadn't really started building it yet so I think this one was actually a really good way to start building everything back up because the first three movies kind of left it all scattered. So next we have The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. This one, they basically plucked like a country southern boy out of Alabama and put him in Japan in the drag racing scene, which was a very interesting choice. The best thing about this movie is definitely Han and his character. You know, obviously there's lots of plot inconsistencies and stuff and the classic trope of the girl who's dating the villain, the hero gets her to fall for him and then she leaves him, you know, like that's kind of, I mean, it feels overdone. I guess when this came out, it wasn't overdone as much because this came out in 06. Now it just feels very overdone. If you go back and watch this one after seeing all the movies that Han is in after that, because the timeline on Fast and Furious is a little bit different. It really makes you understand Han's character because I liked his character. I just didn't understand any of the things that he was doing. And obviously I don't think they had this plan to like build him up through the sequels 
and have that refresh onto his character now. But now it makes sense why Han is like this cool because in the fast in Tokyo Drift, Han is a millionaire who was literally traveling the world with Gal Gadot until he lost her. So that like once you understand his backstory, you understand why he would just let this country kid race one of his cars, why he took him in as a mentor, all of that stuff. The next one at number seven, we have The Fate of the Furious. This one, it wasn't bad. I when I saw the trailers, I honestly thought they were doing some weird like mind control thing on Dom to have it be that the main villain was really just threatening his old girlfriend and his child that he had with her. I don't really know exactly how I feel about it because eventually like Jason Statham playing Deckard Shaw comes in and saves everybody and saves the baby but at the same time like he still has to fight through like 15 20 different armed guys while holding a baby and I know they made it seem like Dominic couldn't do the exact same thing but I probably just felt like mind control or something would have been a better way I don't know it just seems like they've been through so many dangerous things and done so many dangerous things it seems not that believable that Dominic would let this make him turn on his entire team but it is his son so at number six we have F9 the fast saga um this one introduces Dominic Toretto's brother played by John Cena as Jacob Toretto this one introduces Dominic Toretto's brother played by John Cena as Jacob Toretto who's kind of the villain it also reintroduces Cypher from the fate of the furious and brings in a new like rich benefactor guy I feel like this one was pretty all right i mean it's just like i said the action kind of gets over the top to me i kind of find it hard to believe that like dominic would have let himself believe that his brother killed his father after all of these years like didn't sit down and think to once like i guess he went to prison for nearly beating a guy right after even once he got out not even one conversation to figure out what exactly happened instead just doing a race to make his brother go away forever I don't know. Maybe they didn't always have a great relationship. You know, the classic, like, oh, you were in my shadow kind of thing. I didn't exactly, like, latch on to that idea set. And then, of course, when you have Deckard Shaw already going from bad guy villain to good guy, this one kind of feels like they're just redoing that because John Cena gets betrayed by them and he started as a bad guy and now he's a good guy. You know, it's like, uh, okay. And then they brought back Han. And again, I love Han's character. Thought he was dope. But once they established that Deckard Shaw killed him from his death in Tokyo Drift, bringing him back to life in this one via Mr. Nobody, I, they, they still didn't really show how he came back to life. They just were like, oh, neat magic trick. You're just supposed to believe it because I'm a super awesome spy. It's not that big of a deal, but the problem is, it's like now whenever you do like an intense scene where we think someone's going to die, it's not going to be intense because we know, oh, they could just come back as some like spy wrote him out of the story. Now these aren't going to go on forever, but like, like, I said to have Han come back to have Letty come back it's like anyone that dies I'm not really worried because it's like you can just change the story so that way they didn't die because you've already done that multiple times at number five I have the absolute original one the fast and the furious when I saw this one I had no idea like the fact that Paul Walker was an undercover cop was super surprising. Like I, it blew my mind because even I knew Paul Walker was a part of the story and the franchise, but I didn't realize he was that big of a part of it. You know, I thought he was just like a member on Dominic's team and he's this young kid trying to prove himself. And then we find out he's an undercover cop 
And like the whole thing just becomes a lot more layered and intense and complex. And I actually really did like that. And at the end for him to find out, like he's convinced that Dominic and his team are not these truck jackers. And it turns out that they are. And that's the part that also to me was pretty crazy because I didn't see that coming. And so all in all, it was a very surprising movie. Um, I think the end scene where like they raced to see who got to live. Um, I guess you kind of got to see like Paul Walker was an undercover cop and he kind of got wrapped up in Dominic's family. And you could see the way the family dynamic kind of changed his mind. And suddenly he just decided to let him go. I think originally when making that movie, it seemed like a very one-off type of story the fast and the furious like that story seems like it could have ended just right there and they could have not made another movie if i was planning on building it out into a whole franchise the way that they did they probably would have made some different choices however the fact that they did it like this is partly why it was able to lead to a sequel because you know they were like oh this is kind of interesting this is kind of different next at number four we have furious seven i actually really liked this one um, I know, like I said, I talked about like Deckard Shaw is kind of the villain of this one. And this was before he like turns and becomes the good guy. So him being so angry over his brother and everything, you know, it created a good villain. God's Eye introducing Ramsey. She was a cool character, really having everybody together, working together. They had Hobbs, you know, Letty, Mia. And of course, this is one of the most emotional movies because while they were filming it, Paul Walker passed away. So it led to an amazing song, you know, See You Again by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth. Still love that song. And it really was a, a beautiful movie, especially the tribute that they were able to do at the end. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I actually, I actually enjoyed it. Again, some of the feats that they do, like in some ways, the Fast and Furious movies remind me of the Transformers because you got to remember you're here for the action, not necessarily a coherent story or plot. But the difference is Fast and Furious also works on its characters and they do a pretty good job of that, of like building out their characters and making sure that they're well fleshed out, which is not something Transformers can say that they do. We're in the top three now. At number three, I have Fast Five. This one is where Dwayne Johnson joined the franchise. And this was a notable twist from everything that they had done before because a lot of it kind of came down to like street racing. And at the end of this one was kind of a street race, but it was starting to turn a little bit more towards the spy game. It was starting to get a little bit bigger. Now you introduce Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Luke Hobbs, who's literally bigger. And it just takes on a slightly different feel. And that's when people say like, this is kind of the turning point when they decided to do this. This is what led it into all those other films and what led to one of them grossing a billion dollars. And after Fast and Furious, I'm kind of surprised that this one even like came out, but it did. And I'm glad that it did because introducing Hobbs was a very big part of the Fast and Furious series. And I feel like for most people, most of the movies that Hobbs is actively in are at the top of their list. And I don't necessarily know if I just like him as a character or I like Dwayne The Rock Johnson or the storytelling around it, but I just, movies that he's in, they're towards the top of my list. Next, at number two, most people are probably not going to agree with this, and that's perfectly fine. This is more like personal choice for me. I have Hobbs and Shaw. And again, this movie, unlike all the other ones, is actually a comedy. Like, you can tell by watching it. The other ones lead with action. This one's leading with comedy. And it still has a lot of action. The thing that I can't get over is that it was so funny. Oh my God. I was laughing my butt off the whole time. And the second time I watched it and the third time I watched it, it was hilarious. Once you saw guys like Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart come in, you knew, okay, this, this is a comedy. You know, like you already kind of knew. It was very interesting to make it around Hobbs and Shaw, especially because Shaw was such an intense villain who literally killed one of the team members and they don't really address that ever, even though his death was faked. Like he still 
technically killed Han and that was the plan. So that's a little interesting. I don't know if that's something to blame on the fate of the Furious or on this one, but I don't know. That's the movie that turned him from a bad guy to a good guy and that led to this movie. Obviously, Idris Elba is fantastic in anything that he is in, but like I said, to me, just the banter between them I just could not get over how funny it was. Do I expect two grown men to really have conversations like this? No, but it was a comedy. And to me, if you're going to make a comedy, make it funny. And that's what they did with some good action, thoroughly entertaining. That's all I can really say about it. For me at number one, I have Fast and Furious 6. And this is after watching most of them like back to back. And this was the one where I really felt like everything was coming together. After they did that job in Fast 5 and like they all got their 100 million, like once we got to Fast 6, this kind of turned them all from like criminals who aren't as bad as other criminals into like heroes from building their own team to like actually taking down like a bad person to give them full pardons for all their past crimes. And I really, really like, I could feel myself getting excited when they were building the team, right? And that's what made me put this one here. Like in Fast Five, it was kind of exciting to see them build the team and that's why it's number three. But in Fast and Furious Six, I can't explain it all the way. It was just a slightly different feeling to know that they're putting their team together, take down this guy and you know, Hobbs is involved and he wants them to do this. It was just cool. And then, like I said, the action, of course, there's some stuff that's always over the top. That's what you're going to get with Fast and Furious movies. But I can say this one was the one that gave me that excited feeling while I was watching it for seeing everybody come back together. And I thought Luke Evans was actually fantastic as Shaw, and he plays a really good villain. Fingers crossed that he's going to get to play Sinestro in the DCU. But, you know, that's another topic. And so that's why I actually have Fast and Furious 6 at my top. I'm going to drop a review when it comes out this weekend. Um, I'll let you guys know what I think. Drop your comments. Let me know how would you rank the Fast and Furious movies. And until next time, Blurts.